Welcome to Scott Asmore, The Man and Everything in Between. I hope that, and I'm pretty sure you will enjoy our topics within this podcast. It focuses on the man in midlife and how important it is to kind of reevaluate our lives through finance, through parenting, through our spouses, and just reevaluating in terms of getting to know who we are again in this stage of our life. Welcome to Scott Asmar, the man and everything in between, second episode. Today, I'd like to expand a little more on who I am and start building the connection between you, my listeners, and myself. So we'll start off with where I grew up. I grew up in a small town in the Central Valley. I was born to very young parents, which has its advantages and disadvantages, which we'll explore in later episodes. And I grew up in a country home about a mile south of the actual town, um, which again has a uh, limitations, but advantages, and which laid the foundation for self-entertainment. And I was uh, raised Armenian apostolic. My mother's Armenian, my father's Lebanese and Spanish, but I grew up uh, very Armenian, so I identify with the Armenian people. I consider myself uh, Armenian, and a lot of people think I'm 100%, which, <laughs> and I speak, read, and write. I uh, read and write on a third grade level, I, I would safe to say, but uh, but I embrace my Armenian Orthodox religion very much so, and that has carried me through. Uh, being an only child, it has uh, been the foundation for me. And being away from the town itself and being raised uh, Armenian apostolic and uh, not having any siblings led the way to uh, self-entertainment, uh, entertaining myself many of times. A blessing that I carried that has carried me through life Um is the extreme closeness I have with my extended family, both on my mother and father's side, something I have come to appreciate in my midlife, something that I truly treasure. And when I say that I'm very close to my extended family, it's uh, hard for many to grasp that. I understand about siblings being close, but when you talk about second cousins and great aunts and uh, even third cousins, uh, kind of gets uh, kind of gets lost. People don't quite understand that. But for example, um, I'm extremely close to my second cousins on my father's side, which my father's side is enormous. Um, yet. Pretty much I know what everybody's doing on that side, keeping contact with uh, many of them still to this day, as I did growing up. And again, I'm extremely close to my second cousins on my dad's side, as I am on my mother's side. Um, about every three days, I call my mother's first cousin um, and uh, her and I talk and we keep tabs on one another. and. It's a, it's a sense of security, and it's something that I treasure. And 
in all of that, on both sides, it's like all of us know what each other is doing. And that incorporates like 40 plus members on each side of my mom and dad's family. So that we know what each other is doing, not that we're in each other's business, but we just know kind of how everyone's doing and we keep in touch. And I think that kind of gives you a picture. And I know it's not unusual to come from a big family, big ethnic family, but what I've experienced is it's not always the norm that the family stays close uh, once those branches start spreading. And within my family, we have stayed close, which I truly keep close to my heart. Growing up was a little lonely. I won't tell you it wasn't. And technology was far from what it was today. So living in the country and not having the technology we do today, it kept you pretty isolated. So, and especially I didn't have many friends growing up in school. And I, um, in fact, I was bullied uh, in school, which they wouldn't, back then they didn't call it bullying. Um, but for example, I was chased around the playground consistently during my grammar school from third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And when I went to the yard duty teacher, playground monitor, uh, they would laugh and say, oh, they're just playing with you. But looking back now, it was a truly a bullying, bullying situation. So as a result of living in the country and not having very many friends, um, my imagination grew and I relied on my faith and I relied on my imagination and my imaginary play. And uh, one of the one of the imaginary things I would do as a kid would every Friday night, I would pack my bags in a suitcase, not putting clothes in there, but just closing the suitcase and pretending and make believe that I was on an airplane. And that was one of the ways that I would engage in imaginary play. And I would fly anywhere and everywhere exploring the world. And I would explore it with three of my imaginary friends and maybe i'll release their names one in one podcast but their names were kind of <laughs> kind of juvenile but um i would get on that airplane and i would actually remove the cushion from one of our chairs so if you ever have been on a plane you know how the back part of you your head rest back and there's still a little bit more of a seat above your head. So I'd make believe that I was on this airplane by removing the cushion and putting my head to the back of the cushion. And it felt like an airplane seat, which led way to my fascination with large jets and jet aircrafts um, that has stayed with me my whole life. Um, including traveling, I guess, because if you follow me on Instagram, Scott Asmar5, um, you'll see that I have done some extensive travel. So I think all of that kind of uh, correlates with one another. But uh, my fascination with aircrafts, um, I can literally spend 
all day in an airport watching the planes take off and land. In fact, I did with a buddy of mine in college. Our flight didn't leave uh, till about eight o'clock at night, but we were both dropped off at the airport LAX at about, I don't know, 10 a.m. And we spent the entire day terminal to terminal watching the planes. So I often use planes as a metaphor. So if we think of ourselves as 747s or 777s or Airbus 380s, any large aircraft, we all have taxis, waiting periods, waiting to take off, landings, only to land and repeat the above process, you know, only to land and taxi in, refuel, taxi back out, wait for the clearance and take off again. So I'd like to give you an example of how I use that metaphor in life. Clear back to where we were all in first grade. All of us have gone to school first grade. So we're born and we taxi, we wait, you know, through the years for the first day of school. And once we enter that classroom, you could say we had clearance and we take off. Only to fly for 12 years and later come in for that landing as in graduating, we land and refuel and taxi to another runway. And whether it be a job, whether it be a, a career, whether it be creating a family, whatever it is, we take off again. And I believe with all, as with all aircrafts, the fatigue sets in at some point and we all need to take a break. We all need to recalibrate. We all need to have our engines repaired. And as I mentioned in the first podcast, navigating through life can, can be difficult, but you're not alone. I think that's the one thing that I want to get across in this podcast is that none of us are alone. Someone somewhere goes through the sort of thing that you, me, we go through. And that in itself is comforting. So now that I'm 55 and I have 55 years of experience, 55 years of existence, I'd like to share some of my advice, if you will, my experience, because I am taxiing again and I am ready to take off. The plane is rested and repaired and is ready for another flight. And you can be too. It's never too late to find an outlet for your lifelong dream or aspiration. That, to me, is something that holds dear to me. And I hope that I get across to my listeners. And the best way to find out what that dream is, what that aspiration is, is to look back at your childhood and reflect on what motivated you as a, as a child. What type of play did you engage in? And what type of atmosphere did you thrive in? Even if that atmosphere was sports, you know, what, what in itself with the sporting that you chose, what motivated you? Okay, well, what drew you to that sport? That in itself can reveal something about you and your passion. Looking back and engaging with who you are, your younger self at this point, midlife, and engaging with the younger you 
can really help you get to the next destination. So as far back as I can remember, give you an example, my passion for the arts was dominated my whole being, but it was never fostered. So why was it not fostered? Well, you know, coming from a three-generational farming family on both sides, and when I mean family farming, I mean both my father's side and my mother's side, aunts, uncles, cousins, all had farms. We all had farms on both sides. And the arts were not in sight anywhere within that realm. Yet each weekend, beginning about 12 years old, along with my flying (laughs) around the world, I would create a 30-minute variety show, complete with the costume changes, timing schedules, list of guest appearances, and of course, I'd be the star. And once in a while, when I was with my cousins in Fowler, we would put on this production for a grand audience of one, my grandmother. My grandmother, Angie, who is very dear to me. And we would make her sit on the couch and we would put on this performance for her. And I can remember the feelings that I had planning it, the feelings that I had doing it, the feelings that I had, the emotions that would surge in me about how successful I was at doing this. I'd spend hours at the typewriter planning this non-existent event, not even rationalizing or not even recognizing why I was doing it or my passion for it. So where did I kind of end up? I ended up getting a PhD in psychology counseling, which I love. And not that my... Not that my desires have changed, just they shifted. And I can remember in my PhD courses, the very first courses, I was told by a few professors that I didn't have what it took to be a PhD candidate, that I should just let it go. And I I didn't pay attention to them because I was driven and... I enjoyed psychology and enjoyed counseling. And later I would hear the words of Rue McClanahan in her acceptance speech, I believe 1987 Emmy Awards. And she said in there that every kick is a boost. Her mother told her every kick was a boost. And I am sure that we have all had many kicks, many boosts. My point being here is that We all are passionate about something in terms of career or hobby. We we had a passion in our younger life and and that correlation of passion in our younger life really stays with us. I, I don't ever think it leaves us. We may shift as I shifted, but I believe that whatever drove us as a child, whatever we engaged in our play as a child, as an adolescent, whatever we thought, whatever we felt gave us 
this this energy i don't think really ever leaves no matter what path we decide to take and i believe that we need to find a way especially in midlife especially with the midlife man that it's okay to go back and find that passion and look at that passion and foster it now and foster it and ha- and and give it give it some life in a physically and mentally healthy way. So at 55, I'm engaging in an acting career. After my plane has taken off and landed and taxied and waited more times than I care to remember, (laughs) I'm finally doing something that drove that passion, that gave me that passion as a young child. And you can too. So we will explore this and other midlife and challenges through these podcasts. And again, it's opening the doors to self-awareness and hoping that it's okay for you to know that you can have these desires, you can have these dreams, you can have these passions, especially in midlife. And You know, we don't have to go to the airport graveyard. All we have to do is recalibrate our engines to make sure that our flaps are ready and to upgrade ourselves to better flying technology. So, as I have said, and I will end with this, many go through life looking at everything, yet seeing nothing. And I want you to see everything. Signing off for now, Scott Asmar, the man and everything in between. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, Scott Asmar and everything in between. I hope you join me again. And please, if you've enjoyed this podcast, leave a review or a rating. And you can follow me on Instagram at scottasmar5. That's the number five. We can get a little more insight on Scott Asmar, the man and everything in between.